Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. At the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the YBT Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to a bonus podcast. This is our October luncheon with Just Between Friends co-founder and CEO, Shannon Wilburn. If you remember back, I think it was podcast 29, uh, I actually spoke to Shannon uh, just a little bit about the Just Between Friends story and kind of her entrepreneurial journey. And I'm excited to say that today for the luncheon, she actually goes a little bit deeper into that story and kind of shares some of the things that she's learned along her journey as well. So I'm really excited to share this with you because we always love hearing from Shannon and she always has awesome things to say. So let's tune in and listen to her message to young business leaders. My name is Shannon Wilburn and I'm very, very thankful to have been asked to be here today. And um, your reputation precedes you. Um, I'm telling you, this group is an amazing group. I've had the opportunity to come one one other time um, and Johnny Hampton was the the speaker uh, maybe a year or so ago and very much enjoyed my time. I travel quite a bit, so I'm usually out of town. I'm, I'm like, okay, Evan, are you going to be there? He's going to be out of town. I'm going to be out of town. So um, I was thrilled that when he asked me to come speak to you guys, and we were able to find a date. So that was awesome. Um, I also have a couple of guests that I want to introduce before I kind of introduce myself. Because your rep- re- reputation precedes you, and this is such an amazing group of um, businessmen, um, especially in the 18 to 45 range, what, what I was told. Um, I wanted to introduce you to Caleb Holsey. Caleb um, has a Christmas lights company where he hangs lights. He's a, he's a multifaceted entrepreneur, and we actually go to church together. And uh, when I knew I was coming, I called Caleb. I said, you need to come to this, because Caleb has recently um, done what many of you have done, leaving corporate America to do his entrepreneur thing. And so that takes a lot of guts and courage. And so I wanted to introduce him to other people who have been in his shoes so that um, you could meet someone amazing. Um, And I also uh, work in the same building with Justin. And he is a insurance broker with Goosehead, Justin Mullinax. Um, We have some co-working space not far up at Regis. And I just joined Regis probably about six months or so ago and am very much enjoying Well, hey there. Sorry about that. Uh, Looks like the audio cut out for just a little bit on Shannon's presentation, so I'm going to try to recap it as best as I can. Uh, She talks a little bit about her journey into uh, consignment because Just Between Friends is a consignment business. And so uh, she talks about where she first got introduced to consignment was because her father uh, was a, I believe it was oil and gas, or he, he had some sort of business that he was like president of, and he was doing really, really well. So they had a large house and everything was great. They had, she had her own room. And then uh, he got diagnosed with, I want to say it was cancer or something like that. And when uh, that happened, um, 
he basically went from being healthy to being immobile, uh, borderline immobile in like six, I think it was six weeks. And so a lot of things changed quickly and they had to downsize. She had to move into an apartment with her family. And so they just didn't have uh, all the things that they used to have. And so they had to get smarter with how they spent money. And so uh, that was her first uh, introduction to consignment. Uh, And then she starts talking a little bit about her family and uh, that she's married. She's married to a pastor of a church and she had an education degree. And I'm going to turn it back over to her because I think that's kind of where it picks back up. But I believe that's the bulk of it. Check out Podcast 29 because I think she talks about the exact specifics there too. But uh, we'll join Shannon back in her presentation. 1994 and went in 1996. So there's a, a retro vintage, um, that's my real hair color right there, <laughs> when my kids were um, one and two years old. So now they, um, my daughter just got married and um, her fiance in the middle, Bradley, bought um, her ring from Jay David. I actually met you when she came in to clean it recently. I met Brandon, uh, but they just got married in July. So. Um, it was, it was my hope that I would be able to stay home with my kids when they were little. And uh, my elementary education degree, um, you know, it wasn't paying a lot. My husband being a youth minister at the time, that, that was not a vow of poverty, but almost. And um, so we, we were trying to stretch our dollar. And I had told my mom, I said, Mom, if you ever think of anything that I could do and um, find a, to try and find a way to stay home, let me know. And she called me one day and she said, Shannon, there's this event in Fort Worth. She lived in Fort Worth, worked with a lot of young families, and um, they had come back from lunch and had been to a similar event. And so she told me what she knew, which was not much. This is the pre-small business on the internet. I think email had just come out. And um, so she told me everything she knew, and I thought, wow, that sounds like a lot of hard work. (laughs) Um, But I called a girlfriend of mine from church. Her name is Devin Tackett, and Devin... Um, still is one of the biggest bargain hunters that I know. Um, She uh, garage sales, she dumpster dives, she's crafty and creative, and um, I knew that she already knew how to stretch a dollar, so I wanted to run the business idea by her. And so I called her, I said, what do you think? She said, that sounds awesome, can I do it with you? I was like, sure. So we became business partners in 1997 and convinced 17 of our friends at church to bring us their gently used children's and maternity clothes. Uh, We didn't do toys and baby equipment at that time because it was in my living room. And we actually went to the mall parking lot and dug old uh, rounder racks out of the dumpster that people had thrown away to use in my living room. And we sold $2,000 worth of children's and maternity clothes at my, um, just in a two-day event in my house. And we knew that we did not want people to think it was a garage sale, so it was in my living room, not in the garage. Someone tried to buy my couch. We used the kitchen drawers as cash drawers. I mean, that was kind of how it was. I made $150, and so did she, and it was the hardest $150 that I think I've ever made because uh, we prepared everything. So we learned something. We learned don't prepare everyone's items. Let them prepare their own. Um, and what I mean by that is the families that participate in our events, they actually, everything that they want to sell, they price it and tag it themselves and bring it to the event. So that's kind of how it operates now. And we never take ownership of the item. So we really are a marketplace for buying and selling and people swapping. You just don't have to stay. <laughs> so we, we run it for you. So um, we went from my living room 
to a three-car garage to one of my rich friends in South Tulsa who had a three-car garage. Um, and then we moved to a church gymnasium, First United Methodist at 91st and uh, Memorial. And I think that's what it's called. Uh, or faith. Anyway, 91st and 91st is faith. Faith, thank you. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Um, and then in, uh, we were getting kicked out of the church because we were interfering with the preschool. So on inside days, they needed the preschool to use the gym, and we had all of our racks set up like a department store, and the kids couldn't have their playtime. Um, so they said, you need to find a new location. Um, so probably in our industry, not just, just between friends, but other people who have um, done any type of event-based business, um, events are really hard. I mean, event venue space is hard to find. Um, it's, a lot of time it's um, cost prohibitive really expensive and so you have to be really careful about you know where you take your business and so we started visiting with the Tulsa Fairgrounds um, and we took a leap of faith major leap of faith because we knew we weren't going to make enough money uh, because the there were so many um, fees and you have to pay for air conditioning and you have to pay for security and all of that but we knew that if we could get there that um, People were used to going to events at the Tulsa Fairground, so, um, and we were right. So uh, we moved there in 2000 um, and started, the, the families that were visiting started knowing that we were going to be there. And so it just started picking up speed as far as growth. And we did not plan, I have an elementary education degree and Devin um, had a um, journalism degree. So neither of us had any business training, so we did a lot of stuff wrong and still do a lot of stuff wrong. Um, and I'll get to that point um, kind of at the end. But in 2000, I was doing the side gig, you know, the side hustle, that wasn't a term then, but side hustle of just between friends and trying to stay home and getting to do that. Well, a gentleman from our church was starting a magazine called Community Spirit Magazine. Do any of you know Tom McLeod? Um, he started Community Spirit, and um, he talked to my husband and said, you know, Shannon needs to be a salesperson for me. <laughs> and, and so my husband came home and said, you need to be a salesperson for Tom. Uh, and so I was Community Spirit Magazine's very first salesperson. And what I didn't realize at the time was that the Lord was setting, uh, setting me up to meet amazing, amazing business owners. So I sold advertising for four years. Um, I did that on a part-time basis, probably 30 hours a week. Um, also did Just Between Friends on the side. Gave Just Between Friends a time to grow. And um, it did, it just continued to do like this. And I um, give Tom a lot of um, thanks for always including me in the magazine. He would write an article every now and then about Just Between Friends and give us some free PR. And um, so people started knowing about Just Between Friends. And um, in all of those um, times where I was meeting all these people through Community Spirit Magazine, we were, we had friends and family. So I don't know if any of you still do this, but we would write the Christmas letter before Facebook. Okay, we would write the Christmas letter. So this is what my family's doing. This is what our kids are doing. Um, and this was the annual, this is what our family's doing. So I would write one, my twin sister would write one, my mom, and my mom and dad would write one. And so people across the nation started hearing about Just Between Friends through our Christmas letter. <laughs> and they would call us and say, we want to start one. We're, 
where we are. How do we do it? And so because we didn't have a business background or training, we would say, this is how you do it. And you want to use the name Just Between Friends? Go right ahead. <laughs> um, and so before you knew it, we had helped 10 or 11 people in California, Colorado, Texas, Florida um, do a Just Between Friends. In the meantime, I had taken a website design class online. Um, they knew I was the oldest person in the class because I was asking stupid questions about technology. And, but I learned to do my own website. And so when we did our own website, we linked all the other Just Between Friends um, to that page. And so people thought we were a franchise. This was not a mastermind. Um, I, this was not strategic. This was just, hey, this is convenient. Um, but the Lord totally blessed that. Um, while we were helping all of these other um, entrepreneurs get started, uh, they were coming to Devin and I all the time and saying, well, how do you get consigners? How do you market your business? Um, boy, I have this issue. How would you handle this? Um, and so we were spending a lot of time on the phone. They were helping um, prove the concept. I didn't know that terminology at the time, but they were helping, helping prove it. And um, but it was draining. It was time-consuming. Um, very. I was raising two kids. I was a preacher. A preacher's wife. I was just totally <laughs> overloaded, and um, so I was complaining um, to one of my clients at Community Spirit Magazine. His name's Don Burns, and he was the marketing director at Rayma. And I said, "Gosh, I'm on the phone all the time, um, helping other people." And I want to do it, but it's just so time-consuming. And he was, he was like, well, Shannon, you know, tell me about your business. And I told him, he said, is it profitable? I was like, yeah. He said, and it's doing well in Texas and Oklahoma and Florida and California. I'm like, yeah. He said, well, why don't you franchise? And he made it sound so easy. <laughs> he said, you just hire an attorney, put this contract together, write an operations manual. It's like a business in a box. And then just sell it and make money. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds good. Um, and I left his office, drove straight to Barnes & Noble, and bought the book Franchising for Dummies. There really is a Franchising for Dummies book. And actually, they've written a second Franchising for Dummies book that came out last year, and I know both of the authors. Um, but it was, that was my knowledge that I had about franchising, which, wasn't much, which was not much. And then we kind of scoured our network for who else is franchising. And, and I, we met with the founder of CeCe's Pizza. He was gracious enough to give Devin and I three hours. We drove to Dallas and um, got to sit at his feet for a little while, among many other people who gave us lots of advice. And we started franchising in 2000 and uh, the end of 2003 we started franchising so our goal was to sell 10 franchises a year and um, we were able to do that uh, we were able to sell actually more than 10 franchises a year we continued to have steady growth all of all of those years in 2007 we decided we have used all of our knowledge we don't we don't know how to do this I think the larger you grow the the less knowledgeable you feel. Like I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And um, it was nice to be able to bring on some people that were in corporate America that had already um, started pouring into our business just because they were friends of ours. And so brought on two gals, um, and I say informal because we didn't call it an executive team, but anytime we had issues in our business, 
we would get together, Devin, myself, and these two uh, ladies, and we would talk through our issues. And they just had so much more business knowledge than we had, and it was just a light and just so helpful. And they, they still function in that capacity. So in 2008, we were um, growing in Tulsa, and we had started franchising, and we got the call um, that Donnie Deutsch and the Big Idea, have, do y'all remember that show? No, y'all are all too young. <laughs> they're, not, they're not on anymore. Anyway, he would do, um, he would have on entrepreneurs and would share um, great ideas, and we got to go to New York, um, and we thought we, were we thought we were prepared with our website for the hits that it might get. We were not. Unfortunately, our website crashed. No one could get on to get information, and, um, but that was, that was a fun little thing that we got to do. Um, in 2008, y'all can remember, I'm sure, what else happened. The economy started tanking. Uh, people were losing their jobs. Uh, people were leaving corporate America right and left. And because we are a recession-friendly business, um, our sales went like this. Um, we did not, uh, we sold more franchises that year than we have ever sold any other year by double. And um, while that was great, for cash flow, um, what I didn't realize is in our, in our business, you take franchises that are doing their first event $20,000 and you say your royalty is 3%, so you're going to pay us $600, you know, but we'll, and then they grow incrementally over time to some, we have some that do over um, half a million dollars at an event. That's not typical. But starting out, they're not paying a lot of money to the corporate office, and we then have to support 30 franchises. So while we were selling all those franchises and bringing in those franchise fees, that was nice. What we were doing was ignoring our current franchisees. And in 2010, we lost 10 franchises. So you, you can imagine, I don't know how many of you guys are franchise owners in here or have no friends and family that are franchise owners. If you don't have a corporate office that is thinking about you and supporting you um, in all of your needs, why stay? And you're not going to be able to do well. And that's, unfortunately, that's what happened with those franchises. We, were not, we did not have the resources available at that time to support them how we needed to be supporting them. And so I vowed never Again, it was, it was um, not a fun time to um, do that. 2011, we were blessed with an opportunity to be on Good Morning America. That was really fun. Um, the, the, we were continuing to sell franchises. The Tulsa business was continuing to thrive. Um, and Devin and I were both overwhelmed. And so at the end of 2000, probably in June of 2011, we made the decision to reorganize the company. So any of you who have had co-founders, you can understand. We had two businesses, so we split um, both businesses. We had both businesses valued and decided how much they were both worth and reorganized the company. So Devin and her husband, Paul, actually own the Tulsa franchise now. So they opted to do that, and which was probably the smarter move. <laughs> Work part-time, make way more money than Shannon working full-time. So, um, but they did that, and, um, and I took the franchise system. 
And in 2011, um, when Devin left, all of the responsibilities that Devin was doing, I had to replace all of the stuff that she was doing. So I hired some people. 2016, we added a director of operations. I was trying to work myself out of a job. I realized I can't do everything. And when I'm out of town, I do travel a lot. When I'm out of town, things still need to continue operating. And so I put that position in place. I added an advisory board this last summer. That has been the best experience. Just, um, and that will come to one of my points in just a minute. And um, we hired a CFO at the end of last year. And then we dismissed him in January because of a moral issue. So that was also fun. Um, and then we are, we are hoping to hire a digital strategist and um, just continue to grow our team this year. So I wanted to get to um, some key insights. But I know um, I love to give advice. My poor son-in-law um, and my poor kids because I will give advice whether they want it or not. And so I realize no one here has asked me for advice. Uh, but I want to share some things that have kind of helped me in this 21-year journey of owning two companies. And um, number one, I, I know that um, my degree did not give me the knowledge and wisdom that I needed to own and operate a company. Um, and you, you have all have heard this quote before, if you're the smartest person in the room, um, you're in the wrong room. So I love that you have this group right here. I love that there's a mentoring opportunity. Um, and uh, I know that many of you uh, have mentors in your life and are also working as mentors. So I love that. Um, the next key insight is think before you commit. Um, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. We, there's only 24 hours in a day. and I found this out the hard way. When you, say, when you say yes to a speaking engagement, when you say yes to working with a nonprofit, when you say yes to some, you know, a business opportunity that you really wanted, you're saying no to something else. And that's okay as long as you have thought about it, prayed about it, really. You have, in my life, what was happening is when I would say yes to something, I was saying no to my family. And it was, not, it was not fun. It was not healthy. And so my husband sat down with me, and he was like, Shannon, I love that you're doing all this stuff, but I want to see you. The kids want to see you. And he said, do me a favor. He gave me an out. He said, before you say yes to something, would you run it by me? And we're going to pray about it. We're going to look at your schedule, and we're going to figure out if that's the best way to use your time. So it was good for me to have that person in my life that wasn't mad at me, but would give me honest feedback on how I needed to spend my time. So there's lots of good things. So let's choose the best, right? Okay. Um, find ways to give back. Our, our organization, all of our franchise owners, we have 150 locations in 30 states. Um, each one of those franchises partners with a local nonprofit, and they are able to give back either unsold items or the door proceeds, um, those types of things. Um, I want to read a story real quick, and this will kind of be um, the exit, but uh, this was a story that was found on Facebook a couple of years ago, so you may have heard it, but I read this every time um, we have new franchise training because it's such an important story to me, and I will follow it up with a couple of questions for you guys. So um, this story is called Tattered Boots. 
And this a lady wrote this on her Facebook. She said, I went to the Chicago Bears game today. We spent $32 total on the train fares, $200 for our tickets, $7 for a hot dog, and $41 for a Giordano's after the game. We paid that much money to come to spend a fun day in the city even though it was cold. I feel guilty. We have much more than what we need, and we don't even have half of what most people have. The high today was 30 degrees, so naturally I layered up in a lot of clothing. I wore Under Armour pants, Under Armour long sleeve shirt, along with two additional pairs of pants, four shirts, two sweatshirts, three pairs of socks, two pairs of gloves, a coat, a hat, a scarf, and my favorite new pair of winter boots. While we were inside of the restaurant, I was very warm, so I took off everything except my pants, socks, boots, Under Armour shirt, and hat. I tossed it all into the bag, and when we left, I carried that bag and put on a coat. We had a short walk to the train station, and as we were walking across the street, I noticed a homeless woman crouched down, trying to stay warm. The walking light appeared, and Sean and me and two of our friends hurried across the street to make sure we would make the train on time so we wouldn't have to wait for the next one. I got across the street and felt like I was going to throw up. I had passed countless amounts of homeless people all day. But for some reason, I was so drawn to this woman, I told my friends to please wait for just a moment and tried to quickly get back across the street to, to talk with this mystery woman. As I approached her, I saw that her cardboard sign said, I am in need of winter boots and winter clothing items. Immediately, I knew that this was, a provid was providential timing and that I was supposed to give her the winter boots straight off my feet. I felt a little bit crazy because I was just planning on walking back to the train in just my socks. I asked her what size she wore and she said eight and a half, same as me. I asked her what size shirt she wore and she said medium, same as me. You guys, I had everything in that bag that she needed, shirts, sweatshirts, gloves, scarves, etc. The boots she was wearing were worn and were wet, mine were warm and waterproof. I handed her the bag of clothing and winter items that I had taken off in the restaurant and my leftover pizza and told her that I would like to give her my boots. She stood up and cried. I sat down with her, untied my boots, and slid off the top layer of my fuzzy warm socks and handed them to her. She said they were the nicest shoes she's ever had. We exchanged names and a few other words. We looked about the same age. We talked a lot not through words as much as just by looking at each other. She looked worn and tired when our eyes first met, but by the time I left, I could see the sense of warmth in her personality and the thankfulness in her heart. I started to walk away, and she said, I don't want your feet to be cold. Can I give you my old boots? She who had nothing offered me these boots, her boots. I wore them all the way home. Her name was Amy, and I just cannot stop thinking about her. So I tell that story to my franchise owners because they have the opportunity in their business to um, affect people's lives for good. Um, and sometimes they need to be reminded of that. And so that's what I'm reminding you guys of. Um, whether it's a Christmas light business, whether it's an insurance agency or an insurance brokerage, maybe it's a nonprofit, um, you have an opportunity to give back. And YBT is just, you know, a great avenue for you to do that. But you can do that in your personal lives as well. And so that would be my kind of final encouragement to look to your professional lives and ask yourself the question, you know, what could I, what could I do to give back in a bigger way? 
and you know, maybe even in your personal lives, how can you get your family involved in giving back in a bigger way? Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the young businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.